0: what's up everybody welcome to the combo church podcast my name is craig and my name is kara and we are the lead pastors of combo church if you are listening on ComboChurch.com, itunes or spotify make sure you subscribe follow and like we love it when you share with your family and friends and we would love it if you would leave us a great review our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose encourage life and build faith in you enjoy Enjoy the the message Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse 5 And I'm reading from the New Living Translation I'm going to give you another translation after that Just to see some of the, the poetic verbiage here It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart Somebody say, trust me Do not depend on your own understanding Seek his will in some of the things that you do Oh, I'm sorry, misread it Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Can I, I'm going to read this to you again. It's the same passage, but I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation because the verbiage here is absolutely powerful. Listen to this. It says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Facebook. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. I love that verbiage. And he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Last verse here, then you will find the healing refreshment your body and your spirit long for. Father, I pray just in the moments that we have today, Lord, that you would step through, that you would communicate, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to receive from you, God. We don't have it all figured out, but you, You do, Father, and we do desire that intimate relationship with you, God, that you may lead us, that you may guide us, that you may strengthen us. So, Father, whether we've been on that journey or whether it starts today, I pray that you would help us to hear and to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Y'all got to remember, while we're preaching, this is not a quiet church. You can say amen. You can shout. You can clap. You can point. You can elbow your neighbor in a peaceful, loving way. All of those things are acceptable, but we love response. And response and when it's time to preach. Trust, that's a big five letter word. T-R-U-S-T, yes, I I had to spell that out. The path and the direction of the majority of our lives truly hinges on this one word. So much of who we are and so much of what we do depends on what we trust, who we trust, how we've trusted, and then the outcome that was connected to that. One of, the, one of the analogies that I automatically think about when I think about the word trust is I, I go back to like childhood memories. And I think, maybe, I don't know if everybody does, but I remember uh, the moment when I'm a child and I'm standing up on, on the edge of the pool and, and actually this happened with both of my parents, but you know my dad's in the water and I've got the floaties on my arm, everything's great. And he says, jump. And I'm like, you know, you, you kind of get strong on the balls of your feet there. You're like, ah. Uh. And he says, trust me. And, and eventually, I don't know how long it takes, but eventually, okay, I'm going to trust my dad. Jump. And he catches me. Kind of lets me get in the water a little bit so I feel it, right? But, but he catches me. And immediately, I, I, can, I feel like, oh, I, I, I can trust my dad in this situation. And so and I remember doing that for all of my kids in the different moments where they were learning to not be afraid of the water and learning to jump in and being in there and say, hey. Trust me, it's okay, and, uh, and for them to jump. And you see their eyes filled with, at first, filled with terror, filled with fear, filled with like the they're just not sure about what's about to happen. Is my dad going to let me plummet to my death in three feet of water? Or is he going to catch me? And, uh, and so, it, but you see the moment that they jump and you catch them and they get a little wet and they come up, all of a sudden on their face, you see joy and you see excitement and you see this, this, this fulfillment because it was a great experience and they didn't die from it. There's so much in life where God is trying to get us to trust him and we're not sure if he's actually gonna catch us or not. We're not 100% sure that he's not gonna be distracted at the last second and turn his head and, and we're gonna trust fall and he's not gonna be there to catch us and we're gonna to plummet to our death, and then God's gonna turn around and say, oops, oh, I forgot about you. There's so much in our life that happens when it comes to trust. I don't know about you, but I've had experiences where I've had reason not to trust. Probably you haven't. Most people, that's not common. But I think for, for me, I've had moments in my life where there were reasons why I, in hindsight, said maybe I shouldn't have trusted that situation, or maybe I shouldn't have trusted that person, or whatever it may be. And, and it, usually, if that happens time after time, or even just a few times spread out, the natural thing that begins to happen in our heart is we begin to build up protections and barriers and walls around our proverbial heart to keep us from trusting because we don't want to feel that feeling that we felt before. And I'm not saying that in certain moments there is not wisdom, because the Bible says, guard your heart. But the Bible doesn't say, harden your heart. And there is a huge difference between guarding your heart, which means there is still a huge element of trusting God, and hardening your heart, which means you don't let anybody in. Ernest Hemingway said this. I love this quote. He goes, The best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. <laughs> You're like, Wow, that's so deep. So deep. But doesn't that translate? I mean, that obviously it's easy to kind of associate that in, like the, in, the, in the human world, in our relationships, and family, and coworkers, and friends that have come and gone, and you know, the things that you see online or in person. Like it's very easy for us to equate this whole trust thing in that element, but it totally carries over into our relationship with God. Sometimes we don't trust God because we saw something not work out for somebody else or we believed for something and we prayed for something and the outcome didn't happen the way that we were asking God for the outcome to happen. And so one barrier goes up, another barrier goes up. Corey Ten Boom, she's an amazing individual. Jesus follower, she rescued Jews from Nazis, hid them, was eventually caught herself, put into a prison camp, was rescued, I mean, her whole life as a Jesus follower and as an author, absolutely incredible. And so from her experience, which if if somebody's going to speak to it, I'm going to trust what she has to say. She says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I was like, ooh. I was like, she ain't here no more. But I was like, come on, Corey, preach that. Okay. And most of us may have already had this figured out by now. I'm not sure. I feel like in my life it took me a little while to figure this out. But God does not operate from a position of our comfort, come on somebody, you need to hear that, our understanding or our wisdom and knowledge. God's not trying to fit within our box. God's actually trying to explode our box so that we can live within his box. There actually is a box in the kingdom of God But don't worry, you won't be boxed in. It's so extensive and it's so big. You can be as free as you want and you'll never reach the extents of the greatness and the creativity of God. But God is looking to say, I'm not trying to fit inside what makes sense to you. I'm trying to build faith inside of you because when you begin to hear things, see things and do things, the way that I speak, the way that I hear, the way that it already exists in heaven that I'm desiring to come alive on earth, then you're gonna be able to see something that's absolutely miraculous. But it all starts with trust. Trusting God opens trustworthy realities. Trusting God opens trustworthy realities. God can be trusted because he is worthy of trust. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of trust. At the end of the day, there's no other human being on the planet who can look you in the eye and say, I died for you. Is that enough to earn your trust? Yeah, but I had this really rough season in life and you weren't there. I was there. You're still breathing, aren't you? Well, yeah. Is there still blood pumping through your heart? Yes. Is there still purpose in your life? I hope so. Yes, there is. No, God is trustworthy. He is there. He is present. Now, the first one I want to hit, there's two things that I want to hit. The second one's going to kind of tie into this announcement that we're making today, and I'm excited about that. But the first one really ties into what we're doing today with our crew stuff. Trusting God brings trustworthy relationships. You cannot be an island to yourself, at least not successfully and not for very long, because eventually you will do what happens in isolation. You will isolate. You will be cut off from the relationships that are there to give you life. You will, you will be removed from the assistance placed there by God to give you what you need when you don't have it on your own. We need each other. Now, here's the cool thing. This is what I love about the church community because, again, Sunday doesn't just define the church community. Relationships define the church community. Sunday, as Chantelle even mentioned when she was talking about her crew, Sunday is important. It's vital. It's in the Bible. We should do it. We should do it every single week. It should be a priority, but it's only a piece of the puzzle because people who sit over here might never meet people who sit over here and vice versa, And you may come that same week, every single week, maybe on the dream team, and you still might never make a a friendship that could be something that God's trying to connect you with. So we do these small groups so that we give ourselves the opportunity to literally take our lives and step into the realm of somebody else's life. And I know for some people, you're like, that terrifies me. You're like, I know, it's okay. And for half of you, the 60-second convo terrorizes you too. But that's why we do it, because we love you so much, and we want to force relationship upon you in Jesus' name. But, but that's the deal, like we, we need each other, so I, I need you, can, can I confess something to you? I need you. And guess what? You need me. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, I need you. Husbands and wife, this is a great moment. If you're single, this could be a great moment too. Now look at him again and say, but you need me, baby. Don't say that to, that might be wrong if you say that to somebody, no. Know your audience, know your audience. But that's the reality, guys. Church is not something that you attend. Church is not something you do. Church is not something that you fit into your calendar when it's convenient for you. Church is something where others need who you are. And when we find ourselves absent in different parts of our life, in the places and the seasons where God has told us we should be, then we are not just missing out for us, we are creating lack in somebody else's life. Like, well, you know, God loves them, he's sovereign, he'll take care of it. Yes, God is sovereign and God will take care of it, but that was part of your destiny. It's part of your purpose. It's part of the reason why from eternity past, God knew your face, he knew your name, he knew your life, he knew what you would do, he knew that he created you to grow up to a certain life, a certain place, a certain time in history and be present for somebody who was gonna need you. But the moment that we start to think that our world revolves around us and what we need and what we're comfortable with and our personal convictions that don't even line up with the word of God, Did you know that God doesn't give a crap about our personal convictions if we are convicted about something that he's not speaking? We allow certain things relationally to come between people. We draw lines in the sand that should never exist because there are things in the kingdom of God that have been spoken and have been declared. And even as Jesus followers, listen, you've got authority, but your authority diminishes when you begin to speak the things that God is not speaking. God is looking for his people to align our hearts, our words, our thoughts, our comfort, our our faith, our conviction, not around what we see and what we know, but around what he says and what he has established. Let me give you a couple of good friendship verses. Is that, I don't don't know why I'm laughing, they're quite, they're good. Psalm 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Sometimes, I remember when I was a kid one time, I heard my dad talking about this, and he had some iron, so I went to go play with it. I'm like, what happens when you do iron? There's sparks sometimes. There are any 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 friends in here, you got some friends that you've had some sparks with, and I'm not talking romantic sparks. (laughs) Oh, if if you disagree with me, then we can't be friends. That's not what that says. You don't have to agree with each other all the time to be friends. Try that in a marriage. <laughs> As, I want response, but be careful, that's all, that's all I'm saying, no. <laughs> As iron sharpens iron. I love it, come on, we, we are meant to sharpen each other and to grow from each other, and to be humble within our relationships. Because when we are humble within our relationships, we don't have to be concerned about whether we're right or not. We can continue to love, we can continue to grow, we can continue to build one another. Amos 3.3, I love this. And it says, can two people walk together without agreeing in one direction? This is why it is so, and this is not a promo for a a boy band either, but this is why it's so important for people to understand, it's not just the people you have an acquaintance with, it's the people that you are walking with. And if you are walking with people who are not walking in the same direction with you, they will pull you off course. Somebody said, know your circle, know your circle, know the people that are around you. That doesn't mean, I know some people get weird like, well, uh, okay, so we just, just, I just get to hang out with Christians all the time because that's, that's the right. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about those that you are linked together with in your purpose and how you're walking. We are not to remove ourselves from being available and to be relationally connected to those who don't know God. That's ridiculous. If that were the case, the moment that you said yes to Jesus, he would have beamed you up. But he left your sorry tale here. Why? So you can build a relationship with people, and somehow through your brokenness and through the grace of God, you can show them the love of God. But when it comes to those that you are linking arms with and walking together in purpose with, you better know that you are headed in the same direction as Jesus' followers. We can make that transition over real quick into a marriage seminar. We're not going to do that today, though. All right, here's two more, and then we'll move on to this. The second point, Ecclesiastes 3.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Yeah, but I'm strong. No, you're going down. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Check this out. For those of you who feel like you're a third wheel sometimes, three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And here's another, here's the last one for this. Acts 2.42, this goes back to when the church first started and what was important to the church when they first started to do what Jesus called them to do. It says, and this is just some of the word, you can read the whole verse later. It says, all the believers, somebody say all. all. All the believers dedicated themselves to fellowship. There were other things, but obviously we're talking about relationship right now. To fellowship, and fellowship does not just mean that you, that you had a potluck and you hung out and then you went home. The word fellowship literally means dedicated, intimate friendship and relationship with each other. Doing life together. Not just attending something together, not just even for a small group. Well, oh, I went to your crew, and you no know, one really made me feel welcome. So, you know, it's just I guess this isn't for me. No, it's being dedicated to pushing yourself to find life with other people. Force yourself on other people in Jesus' name. Boundaries will be discovered along the way. <laughs> Here's the second thing: trusting God brings miraculous provision. Trusting God, listen, trusting God, he's trustworthy. He can be trusted with your needs. He can be trusted with what you don't have. He can be trusted with what has been spoken into your life, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. God can be trusted to provide for the things that you have really no idea how you're going to provide for. You can trust God to open up doors that you had no way of opening yourself Trusting God brings miraculous provision, and honestly, on a side note, most of God's miracles come through godly relationships in some form. That goes back to the first one, but I wrote that down in the second one. When you fully put your trust in God, you can believe that he will provide according to his capabilities. Now, let me, let me get something across to you that I hope, I hope you hang on to today. It's his capabilities. Not yours. It's his provision, not yours. It's it's his ability to come through, not yours. Philippians four nineteen it says, "And God will supply all your needs." Again, can somebody say the word "all"? Because we need, to, and that's important. We need to understand because we're like, well, I mean, all. I mean, what is all? Well, if you, if you break it down, you go back into the original language. I learned this in Bible college. All actually means all. I know, it's really super deep. And God will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. God is not on a budget. You should be. <laughs> but God is not. God's not like, well, woo, 2020 been a rough one. Why don't you hit me up at the end of the fiscal year when we're creating the budget for 2021 and we'll, we'll have this conversation again. Here's my number. No, God is not on a budget. God is not limited by what we are limited by. God is not held back by time and season and place like we are. God is not looking at 2020 concerned about how to finish the year or what to do in the next year. Come on, God is not limited to these things. He can take a season where everything else seems like it's fallen apart and he can bring the greatest blessing in life to it. So stop believing the lie that we just have to survive through this crazy wretched year and hopefully we'll make it to the next year most of us are prophesying things that God has not spoken about this year God said I'm gonna do a new thing this year maybe we didn't know what that was maybe we were like it's gonna be a new day in Jesus name oh we're so ex- 2020 the year of perfect vision come on in Jesus name and we got all prophetic and we got all excited and we started hooting and hollering about 2020 and then all of a sudden smack you know we're like huh this isn't what we were really this isn't what we had in mind Oh God, are you real? Oh God, are you here? You know, and, and all of a sudden, God's like, what's the problem? We're like, global pandemic, that's the problem. He's like, no, I'm still here. I'm still good. And I'm, you're still gonna make it. It's still gonna be okay. I'm, I'm still the God that, because I don't change, I'm still the God that was yesterday, today, and will be forevermore. Man, I love one of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible is in John chapter one. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Listen, Jesus is not new on the scene. Jesus is not in training. Jesus is not trying to figure out year by year how to handle a situation because before anything ever was, he already was. So when you pray to Jesus, when you talk to God, talk to him in those terms. It is okay to remind God who he is. He already knows, but sometimes it activates things in our spirit say, God, I know that this has been crazy, but I'm trusting you, Lord, with my hopes. I'm trusting you with my dreams. I'm trusting you that even though I didn't see this coming, God, I know you saw it coming because before it ever even existed, before it ever grew, wherever it was going to grow, you already were. Before there was the problem, you already were the solution. Before I needed a breakthrough, you were already on the other side calling me in. And so we stand on that, we stand on those, and you begin to speak and you begin to prophesy and you begin to declare the truth of the Lord. Instead of prophesying what God is not speaking, we begin to prophesy what God already has spoken, and that's when your authority in Christ comes to life. But sometimes we wonder why we don't see the miracles, we wonder why we don't see the breakthroughs. Because in one moment we ask somebody to stand with us and pray with us and believing, I'm believing, and five minutes later, I don't know if that's actually I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if God's going to come through. Why are you canceling what you just declared here? Continue to stand because faith doesn't come by what you see. Faith is not by sight. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight, which means that the moment that we allow what we see to dictate how we're going to believe, we have lost the authority that God has given us for our reality, and now we're walking back in our brokenness again. I feel the beanie slipping on my head. Y'all can talk about that and Beyond the Message. (laughs) Listen, if God hasn't said it, you won't see it. If he hasn't said it, you won't see it. We have to begin to speak the words of the Lord over our life, over our marriages, over our children, The moment that you start telling your child how good for nothing they are and how rotten they are, you begin to prophesy and speak something that God is not saying. But even when your children are looking at you and you're not fully aware if you're looking into the eyes of the devil or an angel, you just begin to prophesy the word of the Lord. Be like, you were fearfully and wonderfully created, very fearfully and pretty wonderfully. You are created in the image of God I believe you can, you, can, you can talk to me that way all you want to, but I know who God created you to be, and you are. And you just begin to prophesy over them who they, who they really are in Christ. You bring that destiny to life. You bring that purpose alive inside of them and watch what happens. It may not happen immediately. It may not happen when they live in your, under your roof. It may not happen in certain seasons that you are hoping for, but what you speak from the word of God will not return void. You don't have to worry about the timing. You don't have to worry about the season because God is already at work outside of your time and outside of your season to make things happen in a time that, don't, that doesn't make sense. We've gotta to begin to continue as Jesus people. And if you're, if, you're, if you're new to this or you're not sure if you're even there and how you believe yet, there's, there's a reality that exists in the kingdom of God that God desires to be alive and real in our world here. Like I said, we didn't get saved just to go to heaven. Heaven is not the goal. Like to get out of this life and to get into heaven, that's not the goal. That's the byproduct of the grace of God and understanding who Jesus is. The goal is for us to live a life now in the realities that exist in heaven to make them come alive here on earth which means the power of God, which means salvation, which means uh, uh, reconciliation of relationships. It means uh, forgiveness. It means all all these beautiful things that we can think of that that we would imagine exist in heaven or that the word of God talks about in in the presence of God. Guys like that, those are all amazing. Trust me, I made them. But it's possible for you to see that happen in your world. It's possible for you to see those things happen. In Mark 10:27, Jesus is looking at the crowd and he's got some other things going on and, and there were some scenarios in front of them that they were like, the disciples were like, well, then how's this gonna happen? How's this gonna work? And Jesus looks at him and he says, with people, it is impossible, but not with God. God makes all things possible. I'm telling you, this is, there are miracles waiting for you on the other side of trust. I kind of wish, even in the Jesus-following Christian world, I wish we would get rid of that word believe. Because there are lots of us who believe, but when it comes down where the rubber meets the road, we don't trust. I believe that Jesus saved me, but you don't trust him as your savior. You believe that God provides, but I don't trust that God's actually gonna come through and provide. I believe that Jesus heals, but I'm not actually trusting. I don't, you know, because trust is when you, trusting God is when you, as we read earlier, we step away from our own understanding and we begin to wholeheartedly put that trust that God is who he says he is, he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do, and it may not be in my time, it may be later, it may be earlier, but God is never late on delivering what he has promised. We have to stand on that. You're gonna jump off the edge into the pool and I'm telling you, he's gonna catch you. He's gonna catch you and it's gonna be amazing. In the room today, and I hope somebody needs to hear this today, like you came here today needing relationship miracles. You came here today broken, hurting, and lonely, and lost. And I'm telling you that God is here to give you relationship miracles. There's somebody, there's people here today, you came and you needed healing in your body. And you've heard about it. You've seen it, maybe even seen other people. You've heard it talked about. You've heard the scriptures where Jesus healed everybody. How come he's not healing me? You need to stand on the word of God, begin to speak the word of God into your life, trust God, continue to reach out. If it didn't happen now, then pray again. And if it didn't happen now, then pray again. And if it didn't happen now, you continue to stand. You continue to contend with your brokenness and with the enemy who wants you to doubt and begin to declare, decree the word of God over your life. Somebody's here today, you need job miracles. You need a job, you need a J-O-B. And you need something that actually you, maybe you got one, but what you've got isn't taking care of it and you're believing and maybe you've got education, but it's not, it's, you haven't found anything that fits. Listen, there are job miracles ahead of you. There are financial miracles ahead of you. And no, that's not some prosperity gospel thing. And I hate putting those two words together in a negative context because God desires you to prosper and the gospel is a good thing. So the two together should be a good thing, but it's been manipulated to, to, to represent the greed of those who, who manipulate God's word. But listen, God is looking to, to prosper his people. God's gospel is good news, and he desires to prosper you in all things. In all things, just spiritually. No, that's just part of things. He looks to prosper you in all things. And we need to wrap our our minds around the goodness of the God that we serve, and stop believing some, some messed up lie that's being pushed out into the world that, that, that we're supposed to live as second and third class citizens in our world and we're just supposed to barely make it through life, dragging our head down and, and feeling depressed, but just hoping I get to heaven. As long as I can make it through this life, I know I'm just going to get to heaven and then it's going to be okay. And God's like, what is wrong with you? You are a co-heir with Christ. You, you, you receive equal inheritance in the kingdom of God as Jesus Christ does. Begin to walk with your head up. Begin to walk as a daughter of God, as a son of God, with an identity that was paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are more worthy than you think you are. If you were the only human being that ever existed on this planet, Jesus still would have gone to the cross for you. It wasn't just some group hope that, well, we'll get some of them from this. No, Jesus did it with faces and with names in mind. And they were yours. The normal restrictions of a resource, of time, of season, and finance do not matter to God. In all reality, that brings us to the the announcement that we want to make today. And um, God is so good. When you first launch a church, um, planting a church, all these words that we use internally, you know that, that what you have to do to be able to create the environment where people can come and experience what is, is possible to experience here in the presence of God, like, all right, you got you to gotta find people. And so when me and Kara first moved here in November, you know, Thanksgiving week of 2017, and we didn't come here with resources and with a team and with, with all this backing and all the support, we came here with uh, she had me and I had her and we had our three kids. And we had a U-Haul, and we had a piano that we've actually moved across the country four times. And, um, and that's what we had. The other thing that we had was we had a word from the Lord. And God said, I want you to go plant this church I've put in your heart in Reno, Nevada. Reno, never been there. Well, I'll confirm it to you, but go. Okay, yeah, we'll do it, we'll go, and we did. And so immediately we just start trying to meet people, because what else are you gonna do? We're doing this for people. And so we're meeting people, and we're doing these interest parties, and, and we're renting out coffee shops, and we're buying people caffeine and things with sugar and trying to convince them that what we're doing is going to change the world. And we've got, I talked about it last week, we had people joining our launch team that weren't even saved yet. They just thought it was cool. I'm like, I don't know what we did to make you think this is cool, but if you think so, fantastic. Come on board. And, and people started to join our team. And so then, then what happens is you, you have a team, right? You have, we called them our launch team because they were going to help us to launch and so you, you, you get to the launch, and, and then other people show up because you, you invited them. Because, you know, that's actually how the church grows. It doesn't grow because of a marketing campaign. It doesn't grow because of anything other than relationships and inviting people. And when, when you begin to talk to others about the life transformation and the grace of God you have personally experienced, that's what they want to hear. They're not like, well, the lights are the coolest, or this, is a that, or whatever, and then the preacher is his, his, whatever he's wearing on Sunday. You know, that, that doesn't, I don't think that helps. You can tell, you talk, tell me how your crew goes talking about it. But what happens is that when, when you begin to share with people how God has transformed your life, they want to know if it's possible for them. So people start inviting people, and then on, on September 18th of 2018, September 23rd of 2018, I knew there was an 18 in there. We, we, we opened the doors. We're at the Academy of Arts, Career, and Technology and, and in this weird octagon-shaped space. that I didn't, we don't, It's not a cafeteria. What is this place? And, and people came, and so we're having church there, and, and we're building small groups, and relationships are happening, and, and literally, literally hundreds and hundreds of people are getting saved and coming to know Jesus, and people are getting baptized, and, and then things are going great, and literally we're like, man, we, we have to go to two services or we have to find another place. We're like, probably not going to find another place right now. Let's prepare, prepare for two services. Boom, COVID hits. Okay, we don't need two services. All right, what are we doing? We're pivoting. Okay, we're we're going to try to do this online thing like everyone else has to do. And we, we figure it out. And then from that point, we're homeless. And then we get back to the point where we, be, we can begin to gather as, as a church. And, and, and instead of us freaking out and wondering how we're going to meet, somebody gives me a call. And they said, hey, I heard I heard you guys don't really have a place to do church and you're trying. We're like, Yeah. Uh, how about Excel Christian School? They're, they've got space. And, and, uh, and I was like, well, we'll we, we will check out everything. So thank you. And so we, we came and we met, we met Chantel's brother here and he gave us a tour. And I'm looking around, I'm like, yes, we can do this. This will work. And so we came here. And I think two weeks into being here, the plan was, like, man, we could be here for years. We can work this, multiple services, parking. We can grow. We can expand. We can raise up leaders, blah, blah, blah. And we're here for two weeks. And I feel like God put in my heart as me and Kara were driving in one Sunday. I was like, we're not gonna be here very long. That was just weird. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ponder on it. I just kind of thought it, felt it in my spirit, and we moved on. <clears throat> Setting up and tearing down a church every single week is one hundred percent worth it. You know how I know that because I can see your faces, because I can see their relationships. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it hard getting up? You know, you know, five o'clock every Sunday morning and and meeting people over here and and uh, converting a, a gym that smells like a gym into a church <laughs> with a swamp cooler that during smoke season is not really great to use. You know, um, Is it hard? I mean, it depends on your definition of hard. It can be challenging. It can be exhausting, but it's 100% worth it. But, but there comes a time where you begin to cry out to God. You're like, God, um, so how long, how long are we gonna be doing this? <laughs> How long are we gonna be, doing? Now, now the average church plan literally takes them five to seven years before they can find a place that, that can become kind of their full-time permanent place. When we were first looking for our very first location, God spoke prophetically to, actually to my wife in a dream and showed her the school before we ever saw the inside of it, and when we went inside, it was the exact same thing that she saw in her dream. Later, we were homeless, somebody calls us and says, hey, we have a place for you to do, to do church, well, um, I got good news. Somebody reached out to us and said, I've got a place for you guys to do church full time. Would you like to have that space? I said yes, by the way. I said yes. Come on. Jesus. I'm going to give like a 10 second praise break. Come on. Now Listen. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give you the back story because I want you to understand what God is doing. This is, not, this is like some, some natural transaction and just, you know, easily happens. God has always, always, always for our church provided for us in every single season, every single one. We have never had, I'm not, I'm not gonna say we didn't have fear because I, I have plenty of times, but we never had to have it because every single time it was a moment for God's miraculous provision to step in We trusted God because he is trustworthy, and in that trust, it allowed him to have permission to do what he wanted to do. God wants to bless you. God wants to open doors for you that nobody else can open. God wants to to propel you into seasons you don't think you're ready for, that you don't think you can handle, that you don't think you can afford, and God says, I got you. So let me give you a backstory. About 90 days ago, give or take, almost close to two months ago, I get a phone call from, from a pastor in town who's actually uh, Pastor David Pretlove of Life Church. And I'll tell you, they, they've been one of the churches in this area that from literally the moment that we moved here, we didn't know them, has been so encouraging, so generous. They have supported us relationally. They have supported this church financially. They have encouraged us. They have opened up their spaces to, you know, for us to, to use when we needed space to use. And he called me up and he goes, hey, um, would you be interested in, our Midtown campus location. And he says, we're, we're, we're looking to kind of re-strategize what God's doing in our church in this region. And, um, and we, we've invested a lot into the Midtown area because we, we felt like God asked us to. And we would hate to see that turn over into some retail or whatever. And, and, uh, and we would love to see if you were interested in this particular space. Well, for some of you, you would already know this. We've actually done church there a couple of times already. We've had dream team nights there. Like we, we, when we were just doing pre-recorded stuff for online, we've recorded there multiple times. Like we know the space. And so I said, well, um, I'm interested in a conversation. And so we began to pray. And immediately I'm calling our overseers and I'm like, you know, Pastor Doug, Pastor Kerry, Pastor CJ, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, what do you guys think? And they did their job as our overseers. And we, we went through all the stewardship of our finances, which I'm not, I'm not saying it's a brag at all, but you need to know something. Your pastors know how to steward the finances of this house. I'm just going to say that. you can. Just, I don't know, that's not a humble brag at all. I'm just saying it matters to us because we understand that when, when you give, it matters to you and so we're not just like, what, what, what else can we get? What else can we do? No, we're like, God, this is what you've given us. We're not gonna bury it, but we're gonna sow it into your kingdom because we know that if we are faithful what you have given us, you will give us twice, you will double what we've, what we've done. So, so we have trusted God. We have been good stewards. We have been crazy generous as a church outside of our church. In the last year, or in the, since we launched, we have, let's say it this way, you have personally invested over $60,000 into church plants in the United States. That's incredible. And we're continuing to do that. There's more coming that we're a part of and we're getting behind it, it's incredible. So, So we have been a good steward and I believe that because sometimes you go through tough seasons and when you're experiencing the toughness of a season, you wonder, have I done something wrong, God? Has the blessing of God, has the glory departed from my presence? And then God says, no, I've got you. Here comes your blessing, boom. Here comes my favor, boom. Don't worry, son, don't worry, daughter, you're not off, I've got you. You're doing exactly what I've told you to do. You are exactly where I've asked you to be. And so listen, I, 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 ho- I, wanna, I wanted to say a couple, uh, yeah, no, we're from, y'all just sit back and relax, we're good. Because I wanted to give you some vision and perspective for where we are moving to. What's today, October the 4th? On November the 1st, we will have our first service in our full-time permanent location. Now for our dream team, that means you got three more setups and teardowns. I thought that would get a shout. One of the things that God said to us, to our church, from the moment that we moved here, because we didn't know the region, we're like, God, where do you want us? We could be here, we could be here, we could be here, where do you want us? And I'm literally, with the computer open, praying over Google Maps of our region. And God says, he said, drop a pin in the middle of the city. He said, because I have called your church to be a regional church, not just in a pocket here, not just in a pocket there. And we have seen that because even those that are here today and those that are not, you come from all over this region. And it's always been that way. And God told us, even prophetically recently, God spoke to me and he goes, I am placing you at the epicenter of this region because what I want to do through your church is going to shake the ground of this region and it's going to send a shockwave throughout this region that is going to break the strongholds that the enemy has over this region. And not just spiritually in the epicenter, Physically, God is placing us in the epicenter of our region. And so, listen, that's our heart, that's our calling. If you are called to be a part of Convo Church, then I hope that an extra five minutes, 10 minutes, 15-minute drive is not going to inconvenience you from being a part of what God has connected you to. But don't worry, because our vision is that the time will come where we will have a Convo location within 15 minutes of anybody in our region. I have no idea how that's going to happen, but apparently I don't need to worry about that. We just gotta be faithful. We just gotta raise up people. We gotta believe what God says. We gotta do what God says. And He will chase after us with His favor. I also wanna say that this location is not the the arrival of our of our existence. Like, oh we've arrived. This is just where we're gonna be. We believe this is a bridge. We're definitely gonna be there for the next two years. But outside of that, maybe it's a place where we'll stay, or maybe this is a, a bridge where God is using it to, to set, up, set uh, to set us up even more and prepare us. Because honestly, I believe as far as being good stewards in a city and for the kingdom of God, I don't want Combo Church to constantly be paying somebody else's mortgage. I want to own. I want to pick up dirt from the ground and say this belongs to the Lord through Combo Church. Amen. And over here, here's some more dirt, and here's some more dirt. Like, oh, that sounds like a business. No, it sounds like kingdom because the kingdom of God takes ground. The kingdom of God doesn't just take rent. That's good, somebody's to, somebody write that, let me tweet that later. So this is a bridge, it's a beautiful bridge. It is a miraculous bridge. It is above and beyond anything that in this particular season we could have hoped or dreamed for. It's a beautiful bridge, but it's just that, it's a bridge. And I also wanna say this is a big deal, especially for our dream team, but for anybody. This is not so that we can put it in cruise control and take it easy. Not for one second. We are not looking to make the life of our church easy to be a part of in the context of what we do. I've been so tired of seeing the strain that it has put on our team and the the way that our team has done it with a smile on their face and joy in their hearts and we serve the Lord with gladness, that's our choice, and you've done it so beautifully for two years now. But I also know that there's only so much physical resource and energy that an individual has. And I would much rather see that energy and that resource and that, that power and that, that encouragement and joy resource into ministry and not just into pipe and drape. So listen, when we get there, I want you to understand this is what we're calling it. You can, you can, you can put up the picture. Um, we're calling it our, our ministry epicenter. This is it. Um, I photoshopped those signs up there that actually doesn't say convo yet. But this is 1515, South Virginia Street, smack dab in the middle of our city, where there's gonna be thousands and thousands of people every single day that go right past us. And listen, this is gonna be a place. This is this is guys, just get ready because Convo Church is about to go to us at multiple different levels. And it's not gonna happen just because we're in a place. It's gonna happen because we are going to connect anybody who is willing to say yes, to learn what it means to minister as Jesus followers in our city. This is gonna open up room for more teaching, more discipleship, more training, more small groups. I know we have a couple of small, hey, if you can host, we got a spot for you. We can host, we can host crews right here in our facility. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, this is our space. We're not, we're not packing up our stuff so somebody can come in and use it. That's our space. It's got office space. It's got auditorium space. It's got two kitchenettes in it for a hospitality team. It's got an amazing area, a huge area for our kids. And, guys, listen, we can grow in this for the next couple of years. And I'm so stinking excited about it. This is our epicenter. This is where God is taking us for the next two years at least. This is where God is going to take our little church plant and begin to put our roots down into the depths of our city. And we're gonna to get to work. Does that sound okay for you? That sound okay? All right. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories, and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.